Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, where we take time each week to hear from the experts and try to inspire and help those in the sales profession to kind of end their week on a high note. Whether you're commiserating or celebrating a, a good or a bad week, we want to be there with you with a cold and frosty beverage. This week, I'm joined by author and sales leadership expert, Bobby Kaler who will talk about her early life troubles with speech impairment and how she took that sort of disability and turned it into a great career in sales coaching and leadership coaching, where she now is able to help those, the rest of us overcome obstacles that we face in our day-to-day lives and in our professional lives. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Ales with Aslan. Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, where that little S up front makes us your best friend for a a selling career. And hopefully, whether you are uh, in a week where you're you're celebrating, um, you're you got a beer in your hand, and we're gonna enjoy that with you. If you're commiserating after a bad week, that's fine too. We've got a great uh, great lineup here for you today because our guest Bobby Kaler who is a best-selling author, at least best-selling in her family, uh, of a book that she calls Travels of the Heart. We're going to get into that in her story, how she's overcome all sorts of obstacles in her life, how that's transitioned into a great career in sales coaching. And so before we get too involved, let me introduce Bobby Kaler. Say hi, Bobby. Hey, Scott. How are you doing? Good good to have you on board, Ales with Aslan. Now, as I think I prepped you, we start each of these episodes with something very, very important, and that is cracking something cold and frosty. Mm-hmm. So um, since you're our guest, why don't you uh, tell us that story you were telling me about? Uh, I know you're not a huge beer drinker, but I know, you, no. I know you've enjoyed at least one beer in your life. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a beer drinker. I'm more of a wine girl. But my story about beer is back in the day when my husband and I, well, we weren't married yet. We lived in Portland, Oregon, and, you know, we're planning the rehearsal dinner, and he loved the Rogue Brewery, which is based out of Portland, specifically Dead Guy Ale. That was his favorite. And so I thought, what a cool thing if I were to plan the rehearsal dinner at the Rogue Brewery, even though I don't drink beer. So that's where we had it, and his his buddies loved it, and everybody had beer, and I had my wine, but that was okay. <laughs> well, that that's perfect, and that sounds great. So it was called Dead Guy Ale? Dead Guy Ale. All right. Well, hopefully the folks out there at Dead Guy Ale enjoyed that that promotion. I, uh, I'm i going to crack something interesting. I've never had this before. I've had Guinness Uh-oh. Black and Tans before, but this is a Yingling Black and Tan. It comes in a can. It's out of Pottsville, Pennsylvania a porter and premium beer mixed together. I'm very curious how this is going to pour. So I'm going to crack that open here and uh, I'm going to pour that in. uh, Yeah. Let's see how this all, and let's take a taste of that here. Well, that, that is delightful. That is as good as, uh, that is as good as I expected actually. All right. Looks like a Guinness. Yeah, it looks like a Guinness. It does. It's it's um it's kind of mixed together like um all one color. I'm gonna pour a little bit more here since I chugged that first bit. But um it's uh 
It's not separated like you would expect a black and tan, but I don't know how you would do that in a can either. So that's that's some kind yeah. of physics thing I'm not really willing to get into, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> we don't. I don't want to go there. No, that's no. Physics. So, so uh, Bobby, thank you so much for taking time to join uh, Ales with Aslan and, and talk a little bit about something that you know all sales reps and sales leaders go through, and that's just different obstacles that hit us in our life. And I know, you know, back. Uh, the backstory for you is a really interesting and compelling one. So why don't you just tell our audience a little bit about, you know, kind of what you went through uh, years ago and how you overcame it. Okay. Well, you know, the stories around as a child, I had really severe speech problems. In fact, when I was about six years old, uh, the school I attended, I grew up in rural Illinois. They brought in a speech pathologist just for me, which um, I didn't feel very special at that, <laughs> with that attention. And I thought it was a waste of time because everybody knew I couldn't talk. And now, you know, I'm being asked to prove it, basically. So at the conclusion of the, uh, the speech evaluation, and it did not go well, mm. the um, speech pathologist told my mom, he's like, in his expert opinion, I had catastrophic speech problems, I had no hope of overcoming them, and that I would almost assuredly suffer a lifelong disability. And, uh, you know, when he said that, and my mom told me that, I think she realized just how devastating those words could be to someone, especially someone who's only six years old. And she just, she pulled me into a big hug and she whispered in my ear. She said, Bobby, we're not going to listen to him because you never let someone else tell you what you can or cannot do. And I mean, that was, you know, a long time ago when that happened. And yet I think that her leadership in that moment and those words really changed my life because that just became part of my story. If I, if I want something, it's, how do I, how do I, how do I go after it? How do I work hard? How do I stay motivated and optimistic even in the face of challenges? So, um, it was, you know, it, it was a long journey, but I, I was blessed. I mean, I had my mom and she worked with me. Um, and this was always interesting too. And this always comes up in the, in the sales coaching where, um, my mom refused to let me work with the speech pathologist. And the, the, like my teachers and, and the principal, they kept calling my mom and they're like, why won't you let, let her work with a speech pathologist? And my mom's response was always the same. And it was, why would I let her work with someone who's already decided that she's going to fail? Yeah. And I think that like when we're doing sales coaching, I want managers thinking about that too, because like, if you think the person you're coaching is going to fail, what are you going to coach them to? I mean, how much effort are you going to put into it? Yeah. And I'm just blessed that I had someone like my mom there. And I, she wasn't the only one, but she's the one that really just kind of stands out. That's incredible. I mean, that is, that's so true too. I mean, the, the, the bad news that, that fills our, our daily lives and in, especially in a circumstance of, of something so catastrophic as what you were having to hear the, the, the ability to sort of rely on someone like your mom or your coach or your, your mentor is so important and it's, it's really, it really is true. Right. Um, so, yeah. so what happened next? So, so you got that bad news, your mom is there for you. What, how did that inspire or change things in your life? Um, you know, I, I think that my, my parents both did a lot of stuff kind of by instincts and, and it's funny because now that I have my graduate degree and this is what I've studied, you know, this, the science of human performance, I understand why it works now, but like a simple thing that my parents always did is we were, I was never allowed to say that I couldn't do something. I could say, you know, like if I was struggling to say a word, like for example, a word that took me forever to learn how to say was milk. 
I couldn't make the LK sound. I just couldn't do it. Yep. Um, well, and, and so my mom would always say, you can't say it yet. And that it's yet is such a small word, yeah. but it's such a powerful word because what it showed me is that if I keep working, if I keep practicing, if I put the effort in, I will get there eventually. And I mean, and that's how it was. I was actually, gosh, I was in my, my, my early twenties before I stopped thinking of someone that had speech problems. You know, really? So, oh yeah. So was, 14, 15 years later, you're still, yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, what's really funny about that is, when I was in the eighth grade, I, I hate, well, as you can imagine, I hated speaking in public. I mean, the thought of it made me want to be sick. <laughs> it yep. was awful. Yeah. And so I decided, I, I thought, well, I can't, I can't stay in that comfort zone. I have to be willing to move past that. So I decided to take a speech class when I went to high school. And the first speech class I took, um, Mr. Jordan was the teacher. And it's like what happened. He was also the speech and debate coach. And, um, he said, pick, pick a subject that you're passionate about. And I was really passionate about muscular dystrophy. So I, I picked that and, and, and I gave my speech and it was awful. It was, it was an absolute train wreck. I mean, I don't think you could understand a word I said. It was that bad. And, but at the end of it, Mr. Jordan came up to me like at the end of the class period. And he said, Bobby, would you consider being on the speech and debate team? And I just looked at him and I said, were you in the room? <laughs> that was awful. And he said something and he's like, and he kind of smiled and he's like, yeah, it, it, it wasn't good. And he said, but I think you have potential. And he said, I think that if I work with you, he said, I think that, that you could be really, really great at this. And I have no idea, Scott, why he saw potential, but another person that I'm just so immensely grateful to because it was within probably well the next year I started competing at tournaments and um, I actually started winning but even though I was winning tournaments I still thought of myself as someone who had speech problems because I still knew the effort that I was putting into it all the time amazing that that is amazing so so I understand that then you know once you you moved into college and I think that you know the book sort of was born out of some of this Obvious, you know, obviously the, the the background that you're sharing with us, but tell me how that that sort of experience led you to the book and sort of how that all uh, you know ended up uh, as something you know published by Six Seconds Press that's available on Amazon and that's the the travels of the heart. Yeah, so I think I think because of my experience, it made me very curious as to you know what went into it, and the other thing that happened is because I was so blessed to have people like that in my life, like my mom, like Mr. Jordan. I had other teachers. Well, some teachers made fun of me, but a lot of my teachers, you know, um, they were just there for me. And, and so I think it just kind of pulled my heart in that direction. Like that's what I wanted to do for others. And that's why I love coaching. It's why I love facilitation. Cause I mean, what a gift to be able to give. And, and I think because I've received that gift, it, it makes it even more special to me. And so when I was doing my undergrad at DePaul, um, I started studying it's a uh, human performance improvement, which is basically the science of human flourishing. You know, how do we help people be at their best? What's the science behind that? So, so that's where it kind of grew out of. I started studying and learning. I had to take neuroscience for, and that was just like, that was painful. I cannot say that I like neuroscience, but I learned a lot. And then as I went to grad school, um, that, you know, my master's, it has a huge component for leadership coaching, adult learning, 
And so it's, it's all this together. And my husband always jokes, he's like, it's kind of like your sandbox. It's where you like to play. Um, and that's true. It, it, but, you know, I, I just feel, I feel blessed that that's how I get to show up for others. Yeah. Oh, that, and that's terrific. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have been able to, you know, glean some hope and, and some understanding uh, as with that book as a backdrop. Now, so that's in that's in your early career and as you're in in school now. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you managed that and became the you know proficient sales coach and facilitator that we all know today. What what were those transitions like and those experiences that led you where you are as a, a, a professional? That's a good question. <laughs> I'm not sure it was a straight path. <laughs> um, you know, it started. I started my own business back in 2000. Yep. And, um, you know, I made my way to Aslan in 2008 yep. and it was through a client of mine. And, and at first I was kind of hesitant because I had my own business. I was loving what I was doing. And then w- when I met with Tab and Tom, I, I fell in love with the philosophy and, um, it just, it felt like the right thing to do. And, and, and I think that for me, working as salespeople, you Talk about a bunch of people, a group of people who are so motivated and yet who have to face challenges every single day. You know, I was just doing a, a catalyst program yesterday and we were talking about it, how every day for salespeople, you get up and it is you, you, you start again and you're only as good as your last sale. And, and so much pressure comes with that. And and it's not easy. So I think it's, it's a great place for me to be able to, you know, I don't want to say intervene, but to participate. and. Um, just help people along that journey and help them see that the one thing that always stuck out to me is that overcoming challenges or adversity, whatever you want to call it, if it's pursuing your success, whatever, it's not a singular event, you know, and that's why like the role of persistence is so important in that. So I don't know if that fully answers your question, Oh no, but that's kind of what came to mind for me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, it is, it be, we've been on sort of a, a little bit of a, a hot streak on sales coaching and coaching philosophy over the last several weeks on the podcast. And, you know, I think it's because it's so important, right? I mean, I think, um, you know, reps can really feel like they're sort of out there on their own. Uh, some days oh. you mention it, right? They wake up every day and there's, it's, it's like you never catch the prize, right? Because you're always... Right chasing the next one. You have a great year and you get a higher quota and you're, and you're back at it again. And <laughs> congratulations, congratulations. Here's a higher quota. But what's interesting. And I think when, when that partnership between sales rep and sales leader is strong and that you understand what sort of motivates one another, uh, that partnership can really lead to really great things. And I know, I know you share that philosophy because you've chosen a, a profession and a career and helping make sure that happens. Right. Absolutely. You know, in, with that too, Scott, one of the things that I love is when the, a manager, when, when I can help them understand how they can help their team develop. And I had one manager tell me this years ago, he said, you finally got me off the sidelines. He said, I, I understand how to help. That's, that's just exciting. It really is. I mean, it was, we were talking about the Catalyst dashboard, which of course is the, the, the software that we leave behind with a lot of clients after they take the Catalyst workshop and they it's a way to sort of manage and, and, um, and, and measure the performance of the reps from the coaching perspective and, and the desire. And, and so we realize that you can't coach everybody and it's really, it's working with those folks that really want to improve, isn't it? It's, it's, that's part of what the sales manager's role is, is making sure they're, they're clear on that. Absolutely. And, you know, 
with that too, the desire is so important. And then that always makes, because it makes me, it reminds me of myself because I always had desire. And I think that the one area that I was really blessed in, in a lot of ways, is I had so many people willing to look past my present performance because it wasn't good. And they were willing to look at my potential. And I think that's what, as a coach, if someone has desire and, and we can help them develop that potential, the skills and everything that lead to the potential, that's when it's, I don't know, it, it's almost magical to me. It really is. It really is. And it, it this has just been an amazing sort of story to share with our, our group on a Friday afternoon with some cold libation in hand. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I and I, I I so appreciate you coming on board. I want to just uh, give the name of the book one more time: uh, "Travels of the Heart" by Bobby Kaler. You can most likely find it on Amazon and other places that you buy books. It's published by Six Seconds Press. Really good, um, you know, interesting way to look at things. And as we all we all have to overcome obstacles or challenges in our careers. Maybe not to the extent of what Bobby went through, but but something. And it's it's important to know a few things that I sort of jotted down. You know, you've got to have a good mentor, right? Like your mother was your your mentor and your confidant and your support system during a really rough time in your life, right? That's that's important. That's like uh, like a sales coach, right? And very much so. Right. And I, it's so funny. I'm, I'm, a little shout out to my high school baseball coach because he used to say, can't means won't try. And when you were telling your story, I haven't thought of that line in 30 something years. Right. But I do remember him saying, like, you know, if you can't, you're just you're just not trying. And by the way, you might not be able to do it, but can't means you won't try. And I just love that line. Um mm-hmm. You also talked about getting outside your comfort zone. And, and I think you said, Mr. Jordan, your your uh, your teacher in high school that kind of got you to join the speech and debate team. And I love I love that story of, of just believing in you, even though your initial performance might not have measured up to what would uh, what would make sense for that team. Right. Yep. It didn't come close to measuring up. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if you have a good mentor, a good coach, you have people that believe in you, you can overcome a lot of these obstacles. And, and that is so analogous to what it is we do as sellers and, and sales leaders in the market every day. And we need each other, right? And I kind of, I, I jokingly say on this this podcast from time to time that we that we're marriage counselors between sales leaders and sales reps, try to bring those two together and really build a, a strong relationship because we all get better when that relationship is solid. So um, good. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for sharing such a personal story with us and and all the um, the things that you've overcome to become such a successful part of, uh, you know, not only our company, but uh, the workforce in general, helping us spread the truth throughout the market. So thanks, Bobby. Any, any parting words or wisdom for our audience? No, no parting word, words or wisdom, but thank you so much. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate your time. And thanks, everybody, for another episode of Ales with Aslan. We'll see you next time. Well, thank you for another great episode of Ales with Aslan. This week, we dove deep into the life and times of author Bobby Kaler, She's also a great sales leadership consultant and expert, and she talked a lot about the need for a mentor to help us through those rough spots in our life, whether it was in her early life with a disability where her mother and her high school teacher were her mentor, or whether it's you as a sales rep with your sales leader uh, as your mentor. It's important that we have someone there that we can trust 
that can tell, help us get through the rough spots. We'll join you again in another week for another episode of Ales with Aslan. Please do look at the bottom and register or subscribe to the podcast. Rate us if you like it uh, and let us know what you think in the comments section. We, uh, we hope you enjoyed another episode of Ales with Aslan, where you can master your craft.